0: you know, we, we all go through different struggles and different, you know, some of us have depression, some of us have anxiety, some of us, um, you know, we all go through different things. And I think, I think in a way you, you can, it can affect your racing and that you can kind of become too anxious and it, and it negatively affects that. But at the same time, I think when we go through these struggles, we, we learn from them. And I think it actually makes you a more resilient and a tougher athlete. And I kind of try to keep that perspective as well and not necessarily being like, well, you know, I have, I'm so disadvantaged. I have OCD and I have this extreme anxiety and it's, it's making me race poorly. It's like, no, this is something that I'm going through. And this struggle is actually, I'm going to come out a bit stronger. And I'm able to kind of use running as the place where I can almost flex those muscles of resiliency and really tough it out. And I think when we go through mental struggles, we actually are able to perform better because we're learning from that and becoming stronger.
1: Women's Running running Stories,
0: I'm Tristan Van Ord, and I am a professional runner for Zap Endurance in Blowing Rock, North Carolina.
1: Yes, in this episode, we are going to hear from Tristan Van Ord about how it all went down at the recent USATF 20-kilometer national championships. But before we hear more from Tristan, I want to welcome you to Women's Running Stories. We are the podcast that shares stories told by women about their running experiences. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am your host and producer, and this podcast is a proud member of the Evergreen Network of Podcasts. Now, let's get into it. Let's get into Tristan's story, which does center on this 20K championship event. The race took place in New Haven, Connecticut on September 4th, and it is part of the USATF Road Circuit, which we have been following all season. These races take place at different locations around the United States, and each one is a national championship event at a different distance. Additionally, runners earn points based on where they place that go to the series overall. The next race in the series is the 10K Champs, happening this weekend in North Point, New York, and the series wraps up with the 5K Champs in New York City on November 4th, and that's part of the New York City Marathon Weekend. You can catch up on how all the previous races went down in our past race reports, and I will put a link to those in the show notes. Each race report is told from the perspective of one runner who competed in the race to give you one inside look about how things went down at these championship events. And of course, stay tuned for the final two race reports coming soon after the races happen. Okay, now back to the 20k champs and the story of how the race went down from the viewpoint of pro racer Tristan Van Ord, who was towing the line with a solid field featuring Many other top racers in the country, there was Emily Sisson, Alfine Tillemook, Kellen Taylor, Des Linden, Molly Seidel, Edna Kurgat, Emily Durgan, Anna Frisbee, Emma Grace Hurley, and Dakota Lindworm, among others. You'll hear Tristan mention a few of these racers in her story. Well, of course, this story, like every race story, is about so much more than the race itself. And for Tristan, this race was also about the long process of managing the very strong thoughts and feelings that can work against her. And that is a process that has its roots in her childhood. So now, let's hear from Tristan Van Ord.
0: Yeah, so um, I have obsessive compulsive disorder and I've kind of, I've struggled with OCD my entire life, um, ever since I was a younger kid and it's, it kind of goes in waves and, um, almost like any other disorder, you have your ups and your downs with it. And typically my, my OCD has been very thick. And I say my OCD as if it's kind of like this separate part of me a little bit, it's always fixated on, on health. And, um, I, you know, my my dad passed away when I was four, and ever since then, it's kind of been, you know, I I thought about not even really thinking about death, but kind of like trying to prevent that and trying to have be as healthy as possible. And um, a lot of that has been, you know, focused on my running as well and being as as healthy and as perfect as and in perfect condition, so that I can run the best that I can. And lately, it's been manifesting with you know, obsession over sleep and, um, wellness. And so I, I had a lot of nights where I was, I was trying to sleep. Sleep's kind of one of those paradoxical things where like the harder you try to do it, the, the worse you get at it. And I would have these nights before races where I would just be up all night thinking and trying to go to sleep and kind of obsessing over that and worrying about it. And I was having a lot, a lot of performance anxiety that I had. I had struggled with performance anxiety in the past, but it had really gotten a lot worse over the summer when I was putting all this expectation on myself.
1: And earlier this summer, going into the Peachtree 10K in Atlanta, Georgia, on the 4th of July, Tristan had strong expectations. She was aiming to PR in the 10K, and things did not turn out as planned. However, she did walk away with some very important experience.
0: Specifically from Peachtree, that was the first time that I had really struggled with having an, you know that extreme um, performance anxiety to the point where it was almost crippling. And being able to have that level of anxiety and still be able to go out and finish a race and put a good effort out there um, you know, from that, I learned that you you can handle a lot more than what your brain is telling you you can handle. Your body can handle a lot more than what what your brain is telling you you can handle. And I'm not I wouldn't say I'm necessarily I'm not you know that wasn't an A plus day for me at Peachtree, but it wasn't horrible, and I I felt horrible <laughs> going into it. So I think you know from that, it's like you don't necessarily have to feel perfect to be able to execute. And from that, I learned, you know, even when you're when I'm feeling the worst of the worst that I could possibly feel mentally, I can still go out and get things done. And, yeah, it's not going to be perfect, but I can bounce back from that, too.
1: Tristan did bounce back with an excellent performance at the USATF 6K Championships less than two weeks after Peachtree. She finished a very strong fifth place, only eight seconds off the winning time.
0: Yeah, so when I ran the um, USATF six k champs, it was kind of it was my last race of that specific training block that I was doing. So I was doing some shorter road races, and then got into took a little break after the six k. Went to the beach with my family, just kind of had some downtime, and then I started marathon training for Chicago. So right now I am in marathon training, and the twenty k champs was. A race that we decided to put into the training block just to kind of break everything up, break up the monotony of um, marathon training, and throw something a little bit quicker in. So, I came into this race very excited. I, you know, had been struggling for a couple of weeks with some of some of that anxiety, and and weirdly enough, I felt like my anxiety almost got worse when I when I wasn't racing as much, just because. I I felt like I didn't have as much to focus on, and my mind was maybe going to different places and making sure, you know, every aspect of my training was perfect when I didn't have a race to just go out and have fun and kind of celebrate that training. And so coming into this, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was worried because I, I was struggling with some of the anxiety and the sleep issues. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be ready for this. I've been running a lot of mileage working up towards Chicago. And I, I was a little bit afraid to come in and maybe disappoint people, myself, coaches. And I had a, I had a conversation with my coach when I was struggling and with with some mental stuff. And he was like, you know what, like you you don't have to do this. Like we were, you know, we're looking towards the trials, and we don't, we don't have to run Chicago. We don't have to run the twenty k champs. Um, we can just train. We can take a break. We can do whatever you need to do. And I think him giving me more of that freedom and that ability to kind of zoom out and be like, okay, I'm choosing to do this, made me feel a lot more comfortable and a lot more powerful in. The decisions that I was making and saying you know no I'm gonna I'm going to run this race and I want to and I think um, sometimes when you get in a space where you feel like you have to, whether it's your sponsor or your coach or even just yourself putting that pressure in on yourself I think makes it a lot harder but once you open it up and realize that no this is my choice I think you can get more excited about it. And at the end of the day, when I, when I got on the plane and I was with my fiance is on my team as well, and he was running it and he was very excited about competing. And I think that kind of, you know, that was palpable when I, when we were traveling and just kind of getting excited about being there. And when I got to see all of my friends that I know from the running circuit, it just, it kind of turned that anxiety and dread into excitement. Um, so I, I, you know was very excited to line up and just see what I could do off of marathon training. Yeah, so the the morning of the 20K champs, we it was it was hot. <laughs> we were you know, planning, we knew that it was that a, a heat wave was going to be coming through. So I had a old t-shirt that I put in an ice bag just to make it cool because I don't have like a super expensive, um, ice vest. I just kind of used that to get my core temperature down a little bit. Um, after doing, we did an abbreviated warm up, a little bit shorter just because it was warm, um, through up, through that ice shirt on, did some drills and got to the line. And I, I felt very at peace at the line, just knowing that I was about to go out and do everything in my control to have the best race that I could. And my, my main goal for this race was actually to just race smart. And I did not want to leave everything out there in the first half. I really wanted to progress through the race. And so just knowing that I had a race plan that I was perfectly in control of on the line gave me a lot of that peace going into it Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSC. Yeah, so the gun went off and people were flying from the gates. I I felt like we went out very, very fast. I tried to hold myself back a little bit because I knew that a lot of the women were going to chase Emily Sisson and try to try to go with her. And I I knew for myself especially being in marathon training i was like i i can't go out in a sub 5 minute mile or a 5 flat and be able to progress from there so i really put myself back a little bit and i could i could still see them through the mile and i think we still went out in a between 510 and 515 which was a little quicker than i wanted on especially on that day when i knew it was going to be hot and humid i kind of told myself you know you don't look at your watch but if you if you need to gauge kind of where you're at, you'll probably be around the low 520s, especially, you know, with the heat and humidity going on that day. I felt like gauging my effort was probably the smartest thing to do. So, I I sort of held back a little bit and was running with Emma Grace Hurley, who has been someone who I've been kind of running next to all season. So, I knew that if we went out together, it would be probably like the right place for me. So I definitely kept the leaders in sight. But I went back, I was probably out of the top 10 in that first mile. I really just trusted, you know, my body, because I I knew in my head, I was like, this is what I can handle right now. And if I want to have the race that I had planned for, which was to go out a little bit more conservatively and really be able to pick people off towards the end, I knew that I should not go with that group. And I, you know, sometimes I get into that space in certain races where I panic, where it's like, well, they're going to drop me and I'm going to be towards the back. And I don't know if I'm going to make it up. But in this particular race, I, I was really able to trust myself and like trust the way that my body felt in that moment to really be like, all right, you can see the leaders. Some of them are pulling away a little bit, but I'm comfortable right here. And this is where I should be. And then, kind of conserving that energy for the later part of the race and being really confident that I was going to ha- be able to have that kick towards the end. It was like, I, I really, my, my coach a lot of times like puts stuff into effort. So he's like 80% effort here, you know, 50% effort here. And I think that that helped me a little bit too, having those numbers being like, checking in with my body and being like, all right, you know, I'm giving 75% right now. I think that's why I enjoy road racing so much because it's like, you know, on the track, you're every 400 meters, you're getting a split and you know exactly how fast you're going. And if the weather's perfect, you're like, I should hit this in this weather. And rarely are road races, you know, summer road racing. It's like, it's just a free for all. It's like, all right, you're running this random distance, you know, 20k. It's not a half marathon. You don't really know like what your time is going to be. It's also really hot. There's a lot of hills. I think it's just the, the more fun way to race is kind of just to like either physically or metaphorically kind of like throw the watch out and just compete. And I think, you know, that's like the most like empowering way to race is just to really like listen to your body. And I think that's something that I, I did really well at this race was just kind of check in with myself, check in with how I'm feeling and not necessarily like, I don't remember ever looking down. I think I saw my splits going through. They had clocks at certain spots, but I don't remember, like, checking my pace, doing any of that. It was it was pretty much all checking in with, with my body instead of checking the time, you know? As, you know, t- towards the second half of the race, I figured that I was close to the top 10, Um, I wasn't exactly sure where I was, but I think I honestly, I don't know that I sped up as much as people slowed down. And I eventually, like in the second half, I I was a little bit surprised at some of the people that I was passing. I was like, okay, this person went out and I know that they went out in the top five, so I I must be getting closer. And so I, I didn't really have the exact you know, I didn't really have my bearings on exactly where I was, but I knew I was moving up through the top ten. And it was, you know, it's it's empowering to pass someone in a race, but at the same time, I feel like as women, and this is something that differs a lot from the men's race, I think we we're so encouraging when we pass someone too. So it, it is empowering to pass people and move up, but it's also I feel like more empowering to catch up to someone and be like, hey, let's work together and let's move up. So I, Dakota Lindworm actually was behind me for a little bit and then she caught up to me and we worked together for a while and started picking people off. And so it felt, it felt really good to kind of have that camaraderie and work with someone else to, to move up and just kind of see how, how much we can, we can progress through the race. You know, you always try to be like supportive, but then you're also like at, you're also kind of really struggling at the same time. So um, I think it was it was really good that like Dakota and I were able to work together because there were some points when I was feeling really good and kind of going through a good wave and um, would what kind of lead her and encourage her. And then there were times when when she was like, all right, come on, let's go. Like, we got this. So I think having someone else there, it's like, of course, we at the end of the day you, you want to finish as high as possible and and beat your competition but i think it's just so much more powerful to have other women there that yeah you're competing with them but also like we're going to make each other better by by going faster and helping each other out
1: eventually tristan moved ahead of dakota and found herself going solo into the final stretch of the race
0: I, when i was coming down the home stretch i i saw emily durgan in the distance and i was like well emily like you know, she went out with, with the leader. So I must be close to the, to the top. So I think kind of chasing her down and seeing her in the distance helped me a lot for that last stretch. And she, she was a good amount in front of me, but you actually can see at, at the New Haven road race, the, the finish line banner, you can see from probably like half a mile out. So you have a long way, but I actually kind of appreciate that because you're kind of able to just like focus on, on that finish line and just kind of have tunnel vision and and go straight for it. So I, I, I honestly didn't know where I was, but I, you know, I always try to give everything that I have in those last few minutes because I I know that I have more in my body than what my brain is telling me. Like your brain is gonna try to protect you and hold you back from from giving everything you have. So I knew you know i was like i've been conservative for the first half of this race and now it's time to kind of empty the tank so seeing that finish line again i didn't know what place i was in but just personally i was like i need to empty my tank going down going down the straightaway in order for to be satisfied with this race
1: tristan finished a really strong fourth place coming in behind emily durgan in third edna Kurgott in second and winner emily sisson and not only was this a terrific performance by Tristan, it was done by executing her race exceptionally well.
0: Yeah, it's it's very rare to have a race where you are you would consider it almost perfect. Like obviously, there's little things here and there that I would change, and you know, there's you know maybe things I could have done better, but I I think everything that I was in control of during the race, I did a I did a perfect job at executing that. So every, every time I, you know, maybe started to panic and try to like drop someone, it was like, no, you're confident here. You're comfortable here. We're going to save this for a little bit later. So I think I really, really gauged my effort well in this race. And like, I I'm very proud of that.
1: Tristan is now taking this proven successful strategy into her next big event
0: yeah looking ahead to chicago i'm i'm very excited i i feel like the marathon is really really where my heart is at and i i ran chicago in 2021 and it was it was very disappointing that it it was a really fun race (laughs) looking back and i learned a lot from it but it was it was very hot and i didn't run it very smart and i i kind of you know the weather it is you know like i said you sometimes not looking at the watch when the weather is bad or or the humidity's bad or something like that and i i tried to kind of ignore the weather a little bit and i was like you know i'm in shape to run this so i'm going to go out in this and i i paid for it a little bit later so i think this year i, I you know i'm i'm hoping it's going to be cooler and i'm hoping for a pr and i'm hoping to run fast but at the same time you know you you can't control the weather or how it's going to look out there so i my goal for that is really just to, again, like I executed at New Haven, really just run it smart and not necessarily throw the watch away because I think especially in a marathon, it is really helpful to kind of be able to check in on your pace a little bit, but, but really gauging that effort because you never know what, what the day is going to bring. And I'm hoping that I can get to the point where I'm, you know, exhausting the tank at the end, but really, really staying strong um, through the middle and the last three quarters of the race.
1: And that brings us to the end of Tristan Van Ord's story about the 2023 USATF National Championships. Thank you so much to Tristan for coming on the podcast and sharing her story and congratulations on an outstanding performance. And I wish Tristan Van Ord a fantastic Chicago Marathon. As she mentioned, marathons are her primary focus these days And earlier this year, in January, at the Houston Marathon, Tristan came out swinging. She PR'd by over two minutes at that race and was the top American, finishing fourth overall. So we are excited to see what comes next. And of course, like so many of the women that she raced the 20K champs with, Tristan's ultimate goal on the horizon is the Olympic Trials Marathon, which takes place next year in February Orlando Florida I'm looking forward to keeping up with Tristan and you can too. look to the show notes for how you can follow Tristan on social media there you will also find ways to keep up with women's running stories and I will link to the previous race reports so you can catch up with all the action and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss our future race reports I want to thank you so much for listening I really appreciate you being here. And I also want to let you know that I do not make this show by myself. All the original music is made by Cormac O'Regan, and he does that from his studio here in Cork, Ireland. And that is going to do it for me. I am Sheree Louise Turner. I am the host and producer of Women's Running Stories, and I am coming to you from my home studio closet, also in Cork, Ireland. And until next week, I wish you healthy, Joyful strides forward. Women's running running's running. running. Women's, Women's running running stories. stories.
0: Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.